back to the Irish Bears show. We have a very loaded show today, as you can see from all the guests that we have. It is the first Fan Zone show, which you will see on Saturdays, pretty much every second Saturday. We will have a bunch of Bears fans, a bunch of contributors from all around Chicago and the world, as you can see today. So I'm going to start with the top of the screen. So Ryan Badgley, Badge, how are you doing today? Dude, I am phenomenal. Beautiful Saturday in lovely Oneida, New York, um, and sun is shining. I thought about going out to the deck and doing this, but too too big of a risk. To, next thing you know, somebody's mowing their lawn. <laughs> it's just gorgeous here, man, and uh, mini camps underway, man, and it's awesome to to see that number one jersey throwing passes uh, to to some of these guys, man, for sure. Yeah, you can thank all those Giants fans out there for us. That'll be that'll be great. Um, Tony, Absolutely. we have you over there from Scotland. How are you doing? Yeah, coming coming to you from uh, overcast, rainy Scotland as it is ninety percent of the time. Uh, but yeah, still uh, still absolutely fired up from from uh, everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks. So yeah, it's uh, it's one of those kind of pinch me is this happening things. So yeah. Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Delighted to be here with all you guys. Yeah, I think that's the same as everyone. Just kind of pinching ourselves. Is this actually real? Anthony, my regular co-host, how are you doing today? We had two big shows on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we're back again on Saturday. Yeah, I'm keeping the I'm keeping the naggy beard as well, my man. So it's looking quite it's looking quite well. No, it's great to have everyone on as well. Yeah, it's it's another great day. Look, I'm actually not in Cork today, so it's pouring rain. Uh, as everyone knows, it never rains in Cork. So while uh, while I'm I'm in my up in Clare because we're allowed to move around Ireland now, so it's pouring rain outside. But I'm absolutely delighted to be looking at Chicago and talking about Chicago and talking about that number one, that number guy that's going to throw ball and get us even happier than we already are. Yeah, fun fact: Anthony has a house in every single county in Ireland. Just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you yeah, Ryan, yeah. you had a busy few days now how are you getting on uh you know it, it's actually been kind of nice being kind of distracted and not watching everything that's going on uh you know just just kind of taking a step back a little bit uh and have you taken off that jersey once since you bought it dude because i don't think that you have. <laughs> i mean Kira, Kira, I gotta, like we were just talking about it man that intro dude i mean i've seen it before but i don't know so i just man that thing was fantastic dude I, I props to you man i loved it love it got me fired up ready to talk bears it's it's one of the reasons it's why we have the fields part at the end so then by the time you're starting off it kind of pumps everybody up for the show so it might be one of those where you get on the higher fields and then they hear my voice but it's all good <laughs> <laughs> but no how are we getting on today again one of my other irish counterparts how are we doing all good just like the guys fired up it's the last couple of days seeing fields in a, in a bears jersey with the ball is you know as you say, just get you fired up and ready to go. September can't come soon enough now. Yeah, again, we can see that number one jersey behind you. I'm surprised we're not seeing Anthony sit on that chair behind you as well with that one jersey on. But again, last give it time, but not, yeah, give it time. Last but not least, <laughs> Brendan, our Irish counterpart over in the States with that name. How are you getting on? I am very good, just like everybody else. I'm so just excited. Minicamp started and just all the reports coming out about Justin Fields got me feeling hot and bothered. And uh, I'm not rocking the Bears jersey today, but I'm rocking the uh, less cute, more nasty, because that's what we want this offense to do. And that's 
that's what I feel like we're going to get with Justin Fields moving <laughs> forward. So it's it's just so there, there's a buzz I have never experienced before as a Bears fan like this early out. So this is great. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess to go along with your shirt, and I'm going to bring you in on this one, Bod. It's just in terms of the schedule. It's definitely less cute and more nasty when you look at some of those teams. It's a it's a very tricky schedule, but I guess. When you we knew what the teams were that we're going to be playing pretty much directly after the season was over. So now that it's the dust has settled, you've seen kind of the schedule now. How are you feeling after looking at what came out on what was it Wednesday or Thursday night? I would say I, I was a little not surprised, but I was like, oh boy, you know, Rams week one prime time. That has me nervous right away because Sean McVay has had Matt Nagy's number the last two years. We saw it last year just with their offense alone, how they were able to march up and down the field and essentially use Jared Goff, who's not that great of a quarterback, and just you know make the Bears defense look you know, very average. And it, it's, it's very weird because it feels like you got like some soft pockets like Cincinnati. I think they're going to be better than people think. But then you go on the road to Cleveland, who just looked great last year of course their defense has gotten a lot better this offseason so it's kind of like a you get like these you know these really these peaks these valleys peak valley and i know it's weird because you know for the first time ever they're alternating home and away each and every week so um yeah it's almost like once you think that things may slow down a little bit just on paper it ramps right back up so there's really going to be no time to uh get any cupcakes on the schedule yeah, absolutely. Badge. So how are you how are you feeling when you've kind of saw all the I guess one of the surprising elements was the amount of primetime games the Bears have, considering we're not even sure exactly when Justin Fields is gonna start. But I think the NFL have shown that they're hoping that he's playing by week eight, week nine, where you have then four prime or three primetime games after week nine. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, he's playing week one, that Sunday night game against the Rams. If you want to come out and make a statement, if you're this this organization and, you know, you've got this quarterback that your fan base has been waiting for for 101, actually it'll be 102 years now come September, you want that guy out on that field and you want to make a statement right away, especially not only with your, your offense and that quarterback, but look at what's happened to your defense. You've, you've had two very good defensive coordinators in Vic Fangio and, um, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano, who, yes, he wasn't really great here, but now you've got Sean Desai coming in and <laughs> – you kind of don't really know what you're going to get. Is it going to be more Vic? Is it going to be more Chuck? What's What are you going to get? But the way he was talking and the, those defensive coaches were talking earlier this week, late last week, I, I'm excited. And I think that first game against the Rams, now with Matthew Stafford, who's somebody that we're very comfortable seeing, you've got to come out right away and make a statement instantaneously. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of on that point, Ryan, that – I think without the Justin Fields selection, I don't think many Bears fans will be feeling too confident looking at the schedule because there wasn't really a succession plan from what we saw last year. We saw Andy Dalton come in that was kind of met with abuse all over Twitter from all Bears fans. And then suddenly the pick for Justin Fields happens and it's a whole new, I guess, perspective. So I guess thinking of the draft class that we did have and now looking at 
kind of what we see in the schedule. How are you feeling going into the 2021 season? Sorry, there's two Ryans. So, Kieran, I wasn't oh. sure if you were talking. To, most people just call me Dangle anyway, so that's yeah, totally okay. fine. I'll do, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll do so, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, here's the thing. Uh, tempered expectations. I, 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 I've been thinking about an analogy for this, and this is the closest one that I could come up with. Uh, my college girlfriend, uh, I, I was in love, man, just head over heels in love. It was a bad relationship on both ends. You know, I was bad for her. She was bad for me. Um, and it just didn't work out, but we kept trying to make it work and we kept trying to make it work and it just didn't happen. And then when I met my wife, I was like, Ooh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if this is going to work. You know, I had all these, like, I'm, I'm a little gun shy about everything. That's how I feel right now. This is a dysfunctional organization. And, you know, the last thing that I wrote about Matt Nagy was this guy needs to be fired. He, he's, he's not a very good football coach. If we look at the <laughs> offense, it's terrible. And all of a sudden, you know, one player I don't think is going to make a difference, especially as a rookie. Do I think Justin Fields is going to be special? Man, I sure hope so. But Man, Kieran, I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm trying not to get too excited about all of this because I've gotten excited before and, you know, then just look at some of the Bears history. Yeah, that's a big problem. That is a big problem. So with that, I'm going to go to my hot man over there and Anthony, how are you feeling going into this week? We've spoken quite a bit about the schedule over the last couple of days, but then I guess listening to all the interviews coming out from Rookie Minicamp, how are you feeling now, kind of, as there's been a couple of days to digest kind of the season schedule that we kind of went through on Thursdays, on Thursday show? Yeah, I think, I think, I think Ryan's point's fair. I think Ryan, it is a fair point around, around that uh, the history of the Chicago Bears makes you a little bit worried because you're, you're kind of waiting for Justin Fields on his first snap to do his ACL or something, because that's just something that would happen to us. Um, so I get that point. However, what I believe that this has given is given real hope. And it's given a real level of, of, of aspiration for a Chicago Bears fan looking at the season ahead. And, and, and it's amazing, but if we'd have been going in with Dalton and we'd have been looking at the first four games, I'm pretty sure our conversation last Thursday would have been, might beat Detroit? And that would have been a conversation. Maybe. Ugh, hopefully, Goff doesn't have a day. And instead, we're looking at this going, we should beat Detroit. We will beat the Bengals. Eh, I think we'll give the Rams a game. And... While I accept Ryan, Ryan's point about, about Justin Fields, I don't think it's just Justin. I think there's a lot of other guys within this that's come through. I also think Jenkins is going to be potentially someone that will be up that level. Again, it's potential. It's rookies. I get that. But they both have given us that level of hope. My favourite part about all this and the draft class, my favourite part is every one of those draft, player, draft people involved absolutely have a point to prove. And they all feel they were underdrafted. All of them. And they're massively pissed off. And that in a city of Chicago, in that city, with those fans, with everything that goes with it, with a city that is already feeling very kind of left behind and kind of forgotten about a little bit, especially in sports side, it, it's, it just is a marriage that I think is going to work. Um, first week, you just want to see what, what Donald, uh, Donald does to us. And I just think, I, I get Badge's point. I just don't know whether he'll go with, um, with Justin week one. Yeah, that's the big thing. I, I guess it's hard to know. In terms of everything, I'm, I'm kind of going to bring up exactly what he was saying yesterday in his interview as well for the start of rookie minicamp. And I guess all the signs have been fairly positive so far, but you'd kind of expect it at this point. But I, I guess two things that kind of stood out to me, and I'll bring you in on this, Brendan, was the fact that he said that he's going to be fighting for that starting job and that every other player in that team, if they want to be here, should have the same mentality. He also says that he's kind of, 
born for this that he's been the highest level of high school the highest level of college had to went from the sec to the big 10 and now is a first round pick in the nfl how ready do you think justin fields is for this in terms of the nfl experience getting through this entire offseason and like we've seen that some fans really want them to start early on there's others that want them to wait but i guess how ready do you think justin fields is for this I think he's very ready to be completely honest with you. And I did not feel the same way about Trubisky back in 2017 because you're right. And it's exactly what he said yesterday. He's been in the spotlight. He's played on the biggest stage. I mean, he went to the college football playoff twice and, you know, though he lost the first year, he put up a hell of a fight. And then of course, last year, we know the performance he had against Clemson. He was still very good against Alabama. Just Alabama's offense was better they they scored so many points to win that game he has shown up time in and time out on the biggest stage even in the big 10 championship game when everybody looks at that against northwestern and says that was one of his worst performances the team still won and he still rallied and found a way to win so you know everybody wants to kind of like point out these flaws and everything and the dude's a winner and i I liken it when the bears drafted drafted him I said, for so long, we have either gotten the guy with a ton of like raw potential or we were we would hope to get a guy with like elite skills or a winner in college. We've never had both. And Justin Fields certainly gives us both options and both skill sets. In terms of if I think he's like ready to start, I certainly think he is. I don't think Nagy's is going to actually do it, though. He is so stubborn. He is so dug in in his ways. And he said repeatedly how this is the plan he wants to put in place and have Andy Dalton start and have Justin Fields just sit. Ian Rappaport came out yesterday and said he would love for Justin Fields to sit the entire season legitimately and then come in in 2022. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think he's going to play at some point in the season, but I'm just not expecting at all for him to be the week one starter no matter what. Even if Andy Dalton's hurt, I'll go as far to say this. If he's on still on the roster, I think Nick Foles would start week one before Justin Fields because that is how dug in Matt Nagy is, and that's how much he wants to stick to his plan. That's a really interesting point, and there are a lot of people that do agree with that. In terms of everything that we've seen, I guess the perspective that Bears fans have over the last few weeks has come from the draft and the fact that we're at such a low point. We get the two guys that I think everybody was looking at Anyone that said there's no way the Bears are going to get a quarterback, they need to just go draft Tevin Jenkins. And then there was others that said, you need to go up and get the quarterback. Tony, the Bears did both. They ended up getting their quarterback and they got the left tackle that everybody wanted. So how are you feeling or what was your reaction to, I guess, both day one and day two of the draft? Because I know here on the show, we are kind of going crazy on both days because the first one, we were hoping it would happen. And when it did, it was... It was we were all ecstatic, but then day two I think was the biggest surprise because I don't think people expected the Bears to then go move up for Tevin Jenkins. A lot of people expected the Bears to actually move back in the second round and try to accumulate picks. So I guess what was your main reaction coming out of the draft? Was it overall positive just because the Bears got Justin Fields, or was there other things that you really liked about the draft? Yeah, so obviously getting Justin Fields was was fantastic. Um, going into the draft, uh, I did think that you know we're gonna we're gonna get a QB somewhere at some point in the draft. We're gonna pick someone up. 
And on the on the day of the draft, I thought, you know what, this just you know, Justin feels it just it just you know, something. I've got a feeling something's happening. You know, people were talking about trade talks and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, when it happened, I was I was like, oh my god, this is happening. But at the same time, I was like, well, actually, I'm not overly shocked that it's happened because uh, Nagy and Pace are on a situation where they need to be aggressive. Um, and I think you've seen that in the second round as well. Uh, you know, trading up to get uh, Tevin Jenkins. Now, the fact, as you mentioned, Kieran, that Jenkins was there uh, at, the, at the the top of the second round for me uh, was a bit baffling. Um, I, I thought he was a you know, a much better prospect than evidently a lot of the other teams had thought. Um, so the fact that they two were there was was phenomenal. Now, taking into account the uh, personality of these two guys, you know, they're determined, you know, they're, they're competitive. Uh, you look at Jenkins, he's nasty, you know. I think that's something that's been missing on our O-line for too long. Uh, after the the Eagles uh, wildcard playoff game in 2018, um, people were talking about, oh yeah, well, the, the Bears, the Bears O-line, it's, 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 not, it's not nasty enough. You know they're they're not they're not kind of they're not a badass kind of uh, unit and and that's where it starts that's where games are won you know on that O line and on that D line um, and uh, and a guy, having a guy like Jenkins for all you know he's um, probably he's not not the kind of the best tackle prospect you've ever seen but he's 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 very talented and he's got that mentality that you want in your team you want that winner you want that determined guy and and obviously you know you heard. Um, Fields earlier on talking about you know if if you if you're not here to win your starting spot then get out and I think those two guys exemplify that you know and and for me if you were going to trade up picks or picks but if see if you can get a guy that you're sold on and you know is going to make a difference you do it every time it's a no-brainer yeah absolutely it's it comes back to the idea that early on in the draft you do see Ryan Pace wanting to be aggressive to get the guys that he believes in and to a certain extent. I always agree with that philosophy. The problem is that over the years that the evaluation has been wrong. But look, no, on this, I think it's really important to talk about kind of what this draft class does for the Bears and in terms of not so much the culture, but does it change the narrative? Because look, at the end of the season, I think people were ready to head up to Hallis Hall and all their moving trucks to help Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy out of Hallis Hall. But now... You look at it and I think I think it would be very unwise for someone to expect that Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy is going to get fired this year or even next year because, again, when you draft a quarterback, most of the time in the first round, ownership gives you the time. And you look at what McCaskey said, that he believes in those two guys. He has their trust. And that's kind of the way that the bears have operated when they have guys in positions that they trust, they stay there for a longer period of time. So do you think that this draft class in terms of Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins, and some of the later round guys that we will get to should change the narrative around kind of the job status of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? Yeah. I think as you say, when you make these specific picks that they made, I think now I, I don't see them going anywhere before the end of next season because you just need to give them time. I think at the end of the day, Nagy was brought in as this offensive guru who was going to, you know, get the offense going with the defense that we already had. And I think since he's been here, the, the offense has been ranked mid to late 20s probably every season. 
And maybe they're looking at it and saying, right, this is the offensive guy we brought in, but he hasn't had the offensive weapons to run his system. So I think this is the Bears saying to Nagy, right, this is it. You're the offensive guy. These are the players you want. Perfect. We'll give you your offense. Now you have, say, two seasons to get this clicked in together and, and to get it running. So I, I think now, I think it is just a big push now to give Nagy the tools that maybe he says he needs to deliver on the promise that we all thought he had three seasons ago. So I think that's probably where they're, they're focusing on now. I think, guys, you, you, you think back, right, since Nagy's gotten here, right? And, and trust me, I have, you know, been super negative on Nagy 100%. If you've listened to Barfly Tailgate, you know that I, I, I just, I don't get it. Like, I think he's a great guy, but I'm just not a fan of his offense. But at the same time, if you look back over these last three seasons and you look at the opportunities missed because we didn't have a quarterback that could complete a deep ball, and now you see what they've done. I mean, I'll say it. I said on Barfly Tailgate, before the draft, I said we'd go 3-14 and 14 because I had zero confidence that Andy Dalton was the answer and it was going to be the same old offense that Nagy was going to put out there, and I had zero confidence. But now you you flip ahead, you get to the draft, you see the positions that they've addressed, and then you look at the roster overall and some of the positions that, you know, there's guys who really weren't a factor last year, and, and it could have been because of their own doing, Anthony Miller, Javon Wims, but it could be because the quarterback couldn't hit him when he needed to. Now you've got a guy that can throw a deep ball. I really think the offense is really going to change just due to the fact that you have a competent quarterback under center that can make plays that and, – and, Brendan, I'm sorry. If Nick Foles sees the field before Justin <laughs> Fields, dude, I, I'm going to be at Hallis all ready to knock down yeah. some doors. I'm I'm for, I'm, so I just want to clarify. I'm not wishing it. I just, okay. in my head, I can see Nagy completely gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Badge, I'm, I'm kind of adding on to your point as well. I think the other thing, and I've mentioned this before on our show, uh, the other thing I think is people are forgetting about that, that will be putting pressure under Nagy is the fact that his, oh, his D-line, our whole defense are aging. So all, yeah. of them are looking at, all of them are looking at this and going, so hold on, you want me to keep this guy who is obviously the better quarterback, who is potentially going to get me a ring. You're going to tell me I have to wait 12 more months before yeah. I get so Danny, Danny Trevathan, Khalil Mack, um, you can even look at Robert Quinn if you want to, um, uh, Akeem Hicks, all these guys are looking there going, so you're going to give us another 12 months. And the other wild card is if we suddenly have a quarterback who can throw a ball to Mooney in space, that's one. The other one is A-Rob. So yep. does A-Rob re-sign his contract, do a completely new 360 and say how much he loves Chicago again, put all the stuff on his social media again, if he sees a QB who is going to give him a five-year window because we can then go out next year and get improve our O-line, we can improve different areas of the team because we'll have cap space based on our QB situation sorted. And I just don't think, I think Nagy, I think, Brendan, I, I agree with you, I think Nagy wants to do that, but I don't think he may be allowed. I think that could be an absolute revolt within the within the locker room to make him do it. Um, in saying everything bad, don't ever use Wim's name ever again. <laughs> <laughs> ever right? I don't ever want to hear sure his enough. name 
Why is he still on the team? He's still on the team. I don't understand that. He got a number change. They're like, ooh, look, Javon Wims. He got a number change. Why is he still on the team? I, I that was that did make me laugh when I saw ooh, Javon Wims, number 15. And he posted on his Instagram like new chapter. I'm like, eh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair though, maybe he's just there to test out the helmets to see like if they're strong enough. <laughs> so, like, so that that that, that could I, I do want to kind of bring up. I do want to bring up one of the points that was that you made in terms of is it just to do with the quarterback? Because we've seen some of these kind of receivers, we've seen some of the tight ends, we've seen some of the running backs have success over the last couple of seasons to a certain to a certain extent. So the main kind of topic of play I kind of want to go to is if just having a quarterback that can actually run that system. And run it the way Nagy wants it. Does that change the offense? So I guess before we go through it, I just wanted to play a little kind of short video on the offense and what we maybe could expect this year if it's Justin Fields throwing the football instead of Mitchell Trubisky. So we saw some of the receivers, we saw some of the running backs and just some of the weapons there. So I want to go back on what you said, Badge, that the fact is, is this team just missing the quarterback that can actually hit those throws? And we've seen it with, if you go back to Ohio State, you see the two receivers that 
Justin Fields had. You had Chris Olave, which often he was the kind of main kind of deep target that when you actually watch the way that he plays, it's very similar to the way the Bears incorporated Darnell Mooney last year. So do you think that possibly having Justin Fields, like you said, should play week one and have the entire season, that we may see some of those plays that maybe the quarterback will actually hit? Because how many times did fans kind of were arguing that with Anthony Miller, the amount of wide open passes that Mitch was missing downfield, that all it takes is to have an accurate quarterback that has that ability to stretch the field. It's something that we haven't seen and possibly might actually make us see what Nike wanted to incorporate originally. I think some of these guys that were on the roster last year at wide receiver are might have a little bit of a shell shock actually being able to run under the football to catch it instead of having to adjust their body and turn and twist to try to, you know, catch a ball that, you know, I mean, we saw A-Rob make some catches last year where, I mean, he's straight up, straight, you know, laying out to, 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 to catch a ball that, you know, it's great. Hey, Mitch, you put it in a position where he could get it. But balls that he missed on, and, and even Foles to a degree last season, you know, what wasn't what he was prior. I mean, not that he was really ever a starter, but he definitely looked better prior to coming to Chicago. I mean, even in Jacksonville, what little he saw the field, it looked like he threw a better deep ball. So uh, to me, I think it's a huge difference. Accuracy, you know, I mean, that was the first thing I remember hearing Ryan Pace say about Mitchell Trubisky is how accurate he was. And he really just wasn't an accurate quarterback at all. And I think with Justin, uh, it's polar opposite. The arm strength is there. The accuracy is there. And he's a guy who isn't going to be afraid to use his legs to make a play either. I mean, you saw in that video right there, him rolling out, throwing on the run, you know, that was supposed to be a strength of Mitch's too. And we got to see that later in the season when Bill Lazor was calling plays. Um, it'll be interesting though, to see, you know, which of these receivers now steps to the front aside from Robinson and Mooney. I mean, You've got Newsom now. You you know, Anthony Miller's still there. Um, some other guys who that have been on the practice squad for a couple of years now. A guy from my backyard went to Colgate, Thomas Ives. Um, you know, he's a Chicago kid, grew up in Hinsdale, played football here. Um, you know, I mean, he's a big body, which that, you know, we've got a lot of small receivers too on our roster, you know, with speed, especially adding Bird and Marquise Goodwin. Those are fast guys. I would like to see a bigger bodied receiver outside, you know, may, maybe in those goal line situations to throw a fade where they can go up and get it. Normally that's a Rob territory, but how often do we see that with a Rob when we're in the goal line? It's rare. I, I can't even really think of a play last year where we were in the red zone and we threw a goal line fade ball to Allen Robinson. And no, it's it's all it's all been to kind of Jimmy Graham in the in the yeah. end zone because he was the only one that could do it. And the one thing maybe it might not happen this this year just because of the players that are available. But the one thing I constantly go back to at the wide receiver position is the fact that the Bears are interested in Kenny Galladay and tried to bring him in. And I feel like that's what that's the whole reason they wanted to have that. So they have that other big receiver opposite of a Rob, assuming that they would would have kept him this year as well. It's a really interesting one. I guess what I do want to go to is because this all does surround the quarterback position. So 
there's two kind of little debate topics we're going to be doing today. The first one is going to be when should Justin Fields start? So the whole the rules of this, each person gets one minute. And if once it goes over that, I'm going to mute their mic so they'll know when they're done. So the whole po- the whole point is to try and get your arguments out at the end of your one minute mark. I'll let each one of you kind of go on and talk about it. I think I know where you're going to go for the start badge, but because you're at the top of the screen, I'll let you go first. So give it give it to us. When should Justin Fields start in the 2021 season? Yeah, I'm I'm of the mindset he should be starting week one. Um, this is a phenomenal player, um, played in big games in college. This is the scenario we were looking for in 2017 for most of us Bear fans where we wanted Deshaun Watson um, at that number three, which ended up being the number two pick. Well, here we luckily, miraculously, were able to attain Justin Fields, and I think it would be a glorified mistake um, if this guy did not see the field instantaneously. He will be a difference maker uh, in this organization, and I really do believe good things are on the horizon uh, for Chicago for the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. I didn't that's even very, need a minute. That's very good. You, <laughs> you, you still have 15 seconds left, so that's still good. <laughs> T- Tony, you're next. So when should Justin Fields start, whether it's 2021 or 2022 or what week? Yeah, so it's definitely this year. Um, initially, I thought, you know, if he came in maybe week four, uh, Lions, you get Lions and Raiders back to back. Seems like a good couple of games to introduce yourself to the to the NFL. But you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know, like just just put him in week one. You know, why not? Why 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 go through the whole rigmarole of putting Andy Dalton in for a couple of games and then eventually just going to him anyway? You know, they, they want to try and mimic the the Kansas City thing, but this isn't the same situation. It's completely different. The, the the members that we're talking about are different. The teams are different. The situation's different. So put him in week one. Uh, I've changed my tune, but it's got to be week one for me. Very good. Again, still has time left over. We have two week ones. Anthony, you're going to have to try and do this in a minute. I know every other time that we've probably spoken about this has gone about four or five minutes. So good luck. So yeah. when should Justin Fields start? Yeah, good luck. I'm definitely going to use 60 seconds. Um, I'm going with straight away. I, I thought Tony was going to rob it. I'm going to go Detroit week four. And the reason why is that I just don't think our all line's ready yet. I think Jenkins going in game one at left tackle, well, I think he's going to be an absolute beast. Him going in left tackle, and they're going to find a way of getting uh, Aaron Donald on him. And suddenly you've got also the the um, joy of having, and I can't believe I forgot the other guy's name, the other side for the Rams, who's played for the Bears. Um, Edge Rusher is going to be kind of... Thank you very much. Mr. Floyd is going to be wanting to go after him as well. I just think it, it just puts unbelievable pressure on the kid. He loves it and he likes it, but I just don't think it's the right thing. I think Detroit are a terrible team, so it's perfect. Um, and I think Vegas is going to be 90% Bears, so it's going to be like two home games back-to-back. So it's the perfect time to come in. Um, and I think by that stage, Dalton could be in trouble anyway. So I think that would be the one to go. Have I got time left? You have five seconds. No, I'll, leave it. I'll leave it. Fair play to you. I didn't think you were going to get that one. I was assuming that was going to go over and I get to mute someone. But now we're now on to Ryan. Do you agree with Anthony's week four or Tony and Badge saying that he should start in week one? 
I mean, Tony made such a great point. You know, they're, they're, it's trying to, to duplicate what Alex Smith and Mahomes were doing, but that situation isn't here. Andy Dalton is not Alex Smith. He's terrible. I mean, Justin Fields is the best, most talented quarterback on this roster. Anthony, to your point, Andy Dalton, the statue with no offensive line. Like, I mean, I'd rather put the, the mobile quarterback out there. If he's going to learn, he's going he's gonna to have to learn in some way. Th th this is a new NFL. Over the last three or four seasons, we've seen a whole lot of very talented rookie quarterbacks that have come out and played exceptionally well. The college game is different, right? This is this is not 10 years ago when you needed to sit a guy, and, and you guys have already brought it up several times. He's not Mitch Trubisky. He doesn't have 13 starts. This dude has played on a big stage. Um, I, I know that Matt Nagy wants to sit him and Ryan Pace probably wants to sit him to, to continue keeping their jobs for as long as is humanly possible. Um, but I, we got to see if this kid can play because th th this team needs it. And he's the best quarterback. Boom. <laughs> a little bit over. You got close though, Ryan. Now, no, again, we've had some really good points. We've had some really interesting ones. Why maybe it should be week one, week four. Do you agree? Do you disagree? What's your opinion on when Justin Fields should start? For me, it's all down to training camp. And if, if Justin Fields shows you in training camp that he's mentally and physically ready to come in and start, then, you know, as Ryan said, plenty of rookie quarterbacks have come in. A, a lot of rookie quarterbacks will come in and start. I mean, you look at the number one and two picks in Wilson and Lawrence, they're going to start. And there are more teams than the Bears. So for me, if he shows you he's ready, if he is legitimately the better quarterback, in training camp, well, then you play him. I mean, you know, that's what he's there for. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's really impressive. That was only about 25 seconds there, no? So, like to the point. <laughs> very good. Straight to the point. But yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's definitely a big case in what happens in the offseason. How normal is the offseason program? We're hoping it can be as normal as possible and not be kind of like last year where you're really only getting a couple of practices and then you go into preseason games. So last but not least, Brendan, how are you feeling? Do you think that Justin Fields should start week one, week four, or maybe later? Boys, I had an epiphany this morning because we keep talking about the situation of Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson and Matt Flynn and Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky. This situation is actually Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield or Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert, basically two of the same things. You have a rookie quarterback who has extensive college experience that has played on the biggest stages multiple times with a veteran quarterback who's come to a new team who's had success in the league but is pretty much starting brand new. Both situations, Tyrod Taylor came in in the week one and week two, had fair, you know a fair amount of success, but really it showed that the rookie was able to come in you know, short notice and really have success in his rookie season. So I would say Justin Fields should start week one, but let's just for the sake of it, say, let's get through that Rams game with Andy Dalton. Aaron Donald's a complete monster. It's a new. And there we go. That's the minute. So we've got two, we've got two people for the one minute, but look, it's just a little bit of a fun segment there just to, I guess there's a lot of fair fans that would like to see um, Justin Fields pretty early on. I've I've always agreed actually with what you said, Brendan. I think in terms of what I would like, I would like to see Justin Fields in week one. I think the most likely scenario is what we saw with Justin Herbert last year. That you probably they probably do start Andy Dalton. And then from anywhere from week four to week eight, you probably see Justin Fields be put in. Now, will that be the correct decision? 
we don't know for this season, but maybe it's the correct decision for Justin Fields longer term because while I think the offenses will be fairly similar to what he would know, it's all about how you're going to be able to call kind of whether it's the audibles where you have to call different plays because, again, he's used to looking across from the coaches that would call it, and now he has to do it in, in his headset. So it is going to take a little bit of time, but one topic that was brought up by a couple of you there was around the offensive line. And that's it. It was a big one. So we had a, a cap casualty, I'd say, in terms of Charles Leno got cut. Um, again, they saved $9 million in order to do that. Well, from that case, as we assumed that when Tevin Jenkins was drafted, that he was going to be the right tackle. But now what we found out is he's going to be the left tackle. There's a I think in terms of saying how bad the offensive line that you that you mentioned, Anthony, the only place where I would disagree is the kind of middle of the offensive line. I think there's a pretty good depth there. There's some pretty good starters. I think we just don't know what we have in our tackles yet, really. When you saw Jermaine Effetti get pushed out from guard to tackle, he actually played better. So it, obviously the reason why he got $5 million. The one interesting thing today was just the fact that with Larry Borum, when I was listening to him talk, it seems like a lot of the media members were saying how much different his body does look. I know we heard that from Ryan Pace, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. He says he's a very good pass blocker. He needs to kind of improve in the run blocking. But again, that's all to do with Juan Castillo. So I guess what I'll do is for Badge, I'll bring you in on this one first. In terms of the offensive line, do you think it was the right decision, first of all, to cut Charles Lando, considering it was a 9 million cap hit, if they did see Tevin Jenkins as their left tackle in the future? I've always come to the conclusion that if you have an offensive lineman where you see where they are long-term, I'd rather see them there early on. I've said the same on our show, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday, that I wish they would have just done that for Kyle Long and Cody Whitehair initially that if you saw Kyle Long as your right tackle, instead of putting him in at right guard to help him kind of assimilate to the team, just put him in at right tackle and let him develop there. We saw it with Tristan Wirfs this year for the Tampa Bay. He had a pretty rough time early on, but he got to grips with it, and now they feel really good about that player. Yeah, I... Man, I you know I'm I I took a bunch of crap um, a couple weeks ago because to me, you know I Danny Shim and Neil Stopchinsky from our draft on tap show you you guys know them, um, you know they're not sold that that Jenkins can come in and right away and be the left tackle, um, so let's say he it it doesn't work out right away, well then who's playing left tackle? I get Leno wasn't what everybody wanted, but, you know, were there times he got run over? Yes. Were there times he looked awful, got beat? Were there? Yes. But he, I mean, guys, we, we went to the playoffs two years in a row. You're, you're not doing that without at least some, some decent O-line play. Yes. Last year at times it was almost like, is there even an O-line there? Um, I understand the, the the cut. I understand the it's saving the team nine million dollars. I mean, going into the draft, guys, you I don't know if you saw what they they had four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cap space going into the draft, so they had to do something. And to be honest, I don't know if they're done because you know even cutting Leno, I mean, there's still 
I hate to say this because, I mean, this is my guy right here, right? I got, you know, a little key mix action going on here. <laughs> I, I'm nervous that it could come down to they need money and he's supposed to get $12 million this year. And, and he could be somebody that, you know, could be gone too. So um, while I, I'm nervous because who steps in if, if it doesn't work for Jenkins, but at the same time, financially, I completely understand it. We're strapped for cash and the move needed to be made. Congratulations, Charles and Jen Leno on the birth of their, their new daughter. Um, huge congratulations to them on that. And, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Leno thing, man, I, I, it's just, uh, frustrating because I mean he's a seventh rounder so he he goes from being a seventh round draft pick to you know starting uh, 90 straight games or 80 straight games or something like that um it unfortunately you know they signed him to that big deal and you know you you had I think they made the right move you know it, it brings back more cash after June 1st and hopefully there isn't another one that we have to see depart yeah, I'm I'm with you, Badge. I've kind of I've I've gone back and forth on this a little bit. Like when Leno was cut initially, I was um I was kind of upset because I thought I didn't think he was as bad as everybody else said. We've all said the word average. He's a very average tackle. He definitely outplayed his draft position. But you go back and, I, and many of you talked about it, like that meanness, that mean streak you need on the offensive line. Kyle Long said it too after he was cut and semi-retired he said there needs to be more dogs on that line and I think he was talking about Leno Leno was he was fine but like he kept getting beat he was more of a finesse player it seemed like so initially I was upset because I also saw Tevin Jenkins as more of a right tackle but now thinking about it having that cap savings and saying you know what we traded up to get this guy we think he has the potential he was a first round talent let's move him to that left side let's see what he's got and then basically throw them into the fire with the Rams again, like a very good defensive team and just, you know, sink or swim, let it go. And Jermaine Effetti is going to be a much better option at right tackle than Bobby Massey. I I think he's more durable. He's, you know, he is cheaper. Um, And so I don't mind him having, you know, coming in at the right tackle position. I am curious to see what they do in the interior because James Daniels was your starting left guard. He gets hurt. Cody Whitehair moves over to left guard and things get miraculously better. Sam Mustafer comes in at the center position. Is he still going to remain there? Is James Daniels going to right guard? What happens with Alex Bars? There's still a little bit of uncertainty there. So um, a little concerned about the offensive line. I'm just excited to see it all come together. Um, I, I just think there might be some growing pains in the first couple of weeks. On, on that, and this is the one I found interesting about Leno, Leno seemed to be happy to be cut. If anyone saw his social media, he was basically saying, oh, yeah, that's a good call. I'll support the, the young lads coming through. And he seems like a nice guy. And Karen, he's heard me say this before. I've said this on the show. He seems like a nice guy. You don't win in the NFL with nice guys on your O-line. You need nasty, nasty people. And I think in the in the draft, we've gone and shown that's what we need to do. And in the likes, in the case of Jenkins, who I think could probably eat people, um, and if you look at Borum, probably would do as well. That's what you need. And you need these big, strong, massive guys. And again, Charles, I know, seven rounder that went all the way what he did with the Bears. That's absolutely fantastic. And best of luck with him in Washington. Couldn't be more badge with his, with his uh, newborn baby. That's fantastic for him. But he's a nice guy. And I wish him the best. You don't want nice guys in your own line. 
Brendan's point about the about the interior is really interesting. I actually really think um, Mustafer is is a steal. I think there's something about him. I think Mustafer is the guy that that I really like. Came out of Notre Dame has that whole kind of didn't get undrafted free agent has a bit of an attitude about him as well. And the more attitude guys you get, it allows the conversation around Daniels and what you're going to do with Daniels and where you're going to put him. And it actually puts a bit of pressure on Daniels, which I don't think he's had when he was fit because he was always going to play. He's going to be really interested in what they do there. I agree with you. Uh, Charles, I know, thanks for coming, but see you. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, I think one other thing as well that you, you can you can think about is that Jenkins starts left tackle, say he works out, you know, he's a starting left tackle, turns out to be a great pick. You've then got your starting quarterback and your starting left tackle on a rookie contract for the next four years. So think of what you can do with, you know, all that extra cap space. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a gamble, as you know, a lot of people will see it as a gamble, you know, cutting a, a long-term starter. But as, as a couple of you guys have said, you know, I, I don't think uh, Charles Leno was the kind of left tackle that the Bears were really looking for. Um, I think having a guy like Jenkins is um, mentality-wise is, is is a huge step up. Um, but yeah, as I say, it's uh, it's two rookies, two prime positions. So it could work out really well for the Bears in, in the long term. Yeah, I actually do agree with that. I've always said that. I know there was a lot of debate this week and I know multiple radio shows. We kind of spoke about it a little bit, Anthony, and what would have Bears fans preferred, what we did with Justin Fields or what was proposed for Russell Wilson. And you go back to what you said, Tony, in terms of the cap space is a big thing that if Tevin Jenkins and both and Justin Fields both work out, not only is it probably one of the best draft classes in, what, 30 years maybe, then you're also setting yourself up to where you can actually plan over the next three seasons to really improve this team. I know this year there's not a lot of cap space, but when you look actually projecting over the next three years, there will be a lot of space that can be freed up to where you can really improve the team. You can actually make that defense younger. You can put more talent on the offense. And that's the whole point of hitting on that quarterback. You get those prime kind of, what we had in terms of the Seattle defense when Russell Wilson was got, was the rookie where they were going to Super Bowls al- almost every single season or getting close to it anyway. Where I want to bring that into it now is when we do talk about the offense as a whole, we've spoken about some of the concerns at the offensive line. We've spoken about Justin Fields, but what's next for this offense then? Because as we said, we are shot for cash. We've spoken about it before Anthony is, do we think that Jimmy Graham is on this team when it gets to 21 or is a way of saving some cap this year, knowing you're going to have more space next year is trying your hardest to extend Alan Robinson. Because I think every Bears fan is still really bemused the fact that that deal has still not been done. Yeah. Well, I, I think in terms of Robinson, they just need to, they need to go and try and get that done now. I mean, they have, they have debate now of the quarterback there for the next, as you say, five years at least. So, I mean, they, they need to talk to Robinson and get that deal done. In terms of Jimmy Graham, I, I go back and forth on Jimmy Graham. I mean, in it, certainly his cap is too big, and you either need to, to get get rid of him or to renegotiate that. I think his $10 million hit is, is too much because I think this year is the year we're going to see Cole Komet come, being brought along a lot more in this offense. So, I mean, while it's, it's handy to have uh, an experienced player like Graham there with Komet, you want to see Komet take that step forward now. You want to see him get more of the ball. I mean – 
toward the, the end of last season, he he started to show that kind of talent and that promise he has, and and they need to they need to keep that going. They need to get that moving forward. So Jimmy Graham is an interesting one. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I thought they would have done something by now. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. Yet see how that goes now. In the next few weeks, maybe. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I guess the only thing that I would say on this, and I'll bring you in this one, Baj, because you mentioned it is. Could Jimmy Graham be there? Because they don't seem to have that option when you do get to the red zone. Like we said, Alan Robinson isn't really deployed in kind of those back shoulder fades or trying to basically go up for those jump balls. And we saw Jimmy Graham was used that way. And I think, what, he got six, seven touchdowns last year. Yeah. At the end of the day, we can complain about the contract that was given because of his age. But let's forget the name of who the player was. And that's why he brought in tight end A and they came in and got seven touchdowns. I think everybody would be delighted. It's just the fact that we know the context around Jimmy Graham. So do you think that it is a smart idea to keep him for this year if nobody else is brought in over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i all for Jimmy Graham and that is a complete 360 of where I was at this time last year when we signed him. Because you saw how inefficient, I guess I would say, he was in Green Bay. He's really not a good run blocker, let's be honest. I mean, and I think that's why you saw more of Komet later on in the year because he likes to run block. He likes to get in there and get nasty, and and he loves contact. And, and Jimmy's more of a, I, I hate to say it, but maybe a diva pass catcher uh, than, you know, what what that's probably not what we wanted. You know, we were looking for a guy who was going to block catch passes. And then you saw the lack of attention he got from Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks probably in the history of the game. I hope he never suits up for green Bay ever again. I'll just throw that out there. Um, but I, you know, I was very unsure of like, what, this, this is how we're addressing this? Like, what? But now, seeing what he did last season and having him out there in two tight end sets specific to pass catching, I mean, the guy can still catch the ball and he can still get in the end zone. And, I mean, what is it, $9 million, I think, that he's going to get this year? So I, I'm okay with him sticking around. But if one of these other guys, Jesper Horstead, uh, Dorian Clark, I don't, you know, former basketball player, big body dude, similar to what Jimmy Graham was, you know, when he was coming out, just a lot more potential um, Graham had than, than Clark, um, then maybe he becomes, you know, a camp casualty. But as of right now, I see him sticking around on this roster. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to go in on that one, Dango? Yeah, for sure. So, so badge, you know, you bring up a great point. Uh, I mean, he it just, you, you look at how excited we all are for Cole Komet as a, as a blocker. I know a lot of people uh, equated his game with Jason Witten and kind of saying that he can block and he can catch, uh, which is, I mean, that's, that's if we've got Jason Witten or some version of that in Cole Komet, I think we're all super excited, but nine touchdowns out of Jimmy Graham last season. I mean, it's something badge. You just hit the nail on the head, 180 degrees. I, I equated it to, uh, when when the pandemic first hit and everybody's trying to buy up toilet paper, right? And we're like, why are we spending all this money on Jimmy Graham? And then all of a sudden it was just like, he just caught another touchdown. He caught another one. He caught another one. And he just and he just kept going. And so, you know, I it, it's too much money. 
That's the problem. If if he didn't have that huge contract, none of us are having this conversation. We're saying, hey, if, if we can bring in another 11 touchdowns by the tight end position next season, we're all ecstatic about that, right? Because before that, Jesper Horstead had one. And then I, I think after that, it might have been one other touchdown by a tight end. So, I mean, I, I'm, I might be in the minority, but I'd like to see this guy stick around for at least one more season. Sorry, I had trouble unmuting there. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what both you guys said, and I just kind of wanted to, you know, get the quote that uh, Clancy Barone said yes, no, two days ago uh, when the position coaches actually started talking. They really made it seem that Jimmy Graham's sticking around. Like he pointed out that he did lead the Bears in touchdown passes, and that's something they value. And the thing Jimmy Graham is is he's a very expensive role player, but he played it to a T. Because once you got in the red zone, you knew that Jimmy Graham was going to be the option number one, and he did it. I mean, like just some of those passes that Nick Foles threw up. I remember the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers touchdown. I didn't even think he caught it. <laughs> like I couldn't see the ball come down for a second. It was awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm with you guys. I did a complete 180. It is a lot of money, but you want guys that can actually catch the ball and are like prime red zone targets. And Jimmy Graham can still do that. So, and based on what his position coach says, he's here to stay. That reception in the Atlanta game he made between three freaking defenders, mm -hmm. why that ball was even thrown. I have no idea, but. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's a bit, that's a bit of an interesting question you brought up because Graham was made important because of the QB play that we had yeah. that season. So Graham became vital in the red zone because we didn't trust our QB to hit Alan Robinson on a fade ball, which you just said, Badge. So we now have this QB that can do that. So do we actually want to spend 10 million on Jamie Graham, right? 9 million, 10 million. Or do we want to spend that money on another left tackle if we can find one? Or a less expensive um, uh, tight end that we can get in and get that on other parts of the team to make it look better. Cornerback stands out straight away, for example. The question is, do we want to have Graham that we see as, as this person that could do that with a poorer quarterback. Sorry, Mitch. Sorry, all Mitch fans. Or do we want to have somebody who can actually get to our fade balls while having then that money saved from Jimmy Graham, putting Cole Komet forward? Because ask Kieran what he thinks of Cole Komet, and I think you might find an interesting answer to that one. But it's more a case of do we actually see this is our new kid, this is our shiny toy from last season, do we want that guy as the person there? Or do we want to spend that money on a cornerback or somewhere else? Just showing that out there. So the Bears offense, since Matt Nagy has been here, 21st, 29th, and 26th, they need weapons, and they need weapons all over the place. Yes, we're going to have wide receivers. Yes, Justin Fields is probably going to be able to hit these guys better, but I want that big body target in the red zone. And, and guys knew that he was going to get the ball, and he still was catching touchdowns. I, I want to see this guy play for the Bears next season. Yeah, look, it's – it's uh, absolutely, it's really big. Um, Bad, you, you want to hop in on this one? You know, we have the position group we haven't talked about on offense yet. Guys, the running back room. Are you kidding me with what we've done in this freaking running back room? Mm -hmm. Montgomery, Cohen coming off the ACL. Don't know what to expect from him. But the Damian Williams signing and now Khalil Herbert as well. And, and I'll be honest with you, I wanted to see more of Artavius Pierce last season. When we were instead of freaking Corderell Patterson, but are they going to run Badge? Cares. Badge, are they well, going? But is Nagy going to commit to the run? That's the question. But I, I think even if he doesn't, 
the options catching passes out of the backfield from Cohen to Williams to Herbert, uh, you know, I think become even much more attractive than the running game. I mean, look at, you know, look at the Patriots a, a few years ago. They really couldn't, they didn't really want to run the ball, but they ran the ball with their short pass game, their quick mm-hmm. pass game. You've seen other teams do that too. So I think we can run the ball. Like you guys mentioned, uh, the interior of our offensive line, to me, guys, I'll be honest, I don't think there's a question in, in the interior of the offensive line. To me, I think it's Whitehair at left guard, Mustafer at center, and Daniels at right guard. And I'm going to be 100% mm-hmm. honest with you. I think Daniels should be at right guard. All this talk of him moving back to center, clearly he struggled with calls from the center position. So let's put him someplace where he doesn't have to worry about that, get him solidified with a Fetty over on that side. If a Fetty becomes the starter at right tackle, maybe Barome becomes that guy. But now is the time to figure that out. So if Jenkins is the guy at left tackle, when they start coming in in minicamp and everything else, have it set right then and there so these guys can gel and start working together and re- you can really see it start to develop. So, you know, and and I think this running game, I think we're all going to be surprised because I think we may actually have the opportunity here to be an, an NFL offense that we've never seen in Chicago. I, I think we're going to be a very balanced attack and I think we're all just going to be, we're all going to be shocked. We go, it's going to be like 2018. Everybody wrote us off. We weren't going to beat anybody. And all of us were like, ah, these people don't know what they're talking about. We go out and win 12 games. I just really have this feeling. I And I have. I've made a complete change from before the draft to now. 17 and 0, baby. 17 and 0. Don't bother, man. <laughs> all right. So. Bajon, that one when you were talking about the NFL off- offense there, I-, I honestly thought when you were going to say average NFL offense, I just thought you were going to say NFL offense that we might actually see that this year <laughs> and not and not just kind yeah. of try try and pass pass the sticks and yeah. hope that someone catches the ball. Maybe we might help out. But look, I think this is a pretty good segue into kind of our second kind of main debate topic, and it was all about who we think the breakout player of 2021 is going to be. Or you can even you can use someone that maybe had a down year last year that you expect to be very good this year. So what I'm going to do is, because I'm going to assume that the majority of the guys are probably going to pick offense, so I'm going to actually start this myself and pick a defensive player. And it does kind of revolve around the offense as well. Because if Justin Fields plays... I feel like the defense can be way more aggressive than they were last year. We heard Truffagano come out and say that they couldn't really blitz that much because if they give up something, they don't have confidence that the offense are going to be able to bring them back. So with the defense being able to be more aggressive, I'm going to let you guys try and guess who I may be going with here. If When our defense is the most aggressive, who benefits the most on our defense? Anybody? Don't don't don't, don't say oh, it. Oh, don't. Oh, no. Don't say it. Eddie Jackson. Don't say it. Yeah. He's going to say it. One hundred. He's number four now. It's a new number. It's a new player. Eddie, Eddie, no, it Eddie isn't. Ja- no. Eddie no. Jackson. When 
when our defense was the most successful was when he was potent and he was getting us points on the defensive side of the ball. Ryan may not like this, but everybody that's watching, just enjoy some of the great plays that Eddie Jackson can make and will make in the 2021 season. I can tell that Ryan is already cringing as he's watching that. But again, look, like I said, the the difference is, and it goes back to even what we said on offense, is that you don't get to see kind of the strengths of this team when the offense isn't playing well. Because where we saw our defense play best under Matt Nagy was when really the offense were scoring in that first possession nearly every single game in 2018. So it allowed the defense to be way more aggressive. So I think... For me, look, you can use Khalil Mack even as a possibility because we haven't seen kind of the 2018 version of him over the last two seasons. But I just feel there's a lot of people that are riding off Eddie Jackson. Is his tackling great? No, but we knew that when we drafted him. But he is that difference maker on that defense where he can be the reason that you win a football game. You will get your chance to talk, <laughs> Ryan. I know you're you're fighting to try and play to talk about this. I'm going to go again from the top of our screen. So, Badge, take it away. Who do you think the breakout player of 2021 is going to be for the Chicago Bears? First of all, I'm going to say I, I actually love your BoJack pick because, um, honestly, I wasn't even thinking of him. And I'll be honest with you, man. He is a guy who will now be used like he's supposed to be used. He's not a box safety, guys. Let's let's be look at him. Is he a box safety? No. He's not coming up, laying wood, putting guys down. He's a playmaker. So, Syrian, I love it. I love the BoJack pick. Um, so, I have an offensive and a defensive pick. My defensive pick is a guy who um, it's his second year. Uh, but what I saw of him, not only at the Senior Bowl I got to see him, um, but and then seeing him last season get some action is Kendall Vildor. I really believe uh, this kid has an opportunity to come in here and be the number two corner. Um, Desmond Trufant has been injured a ton, um, hasn't been able to stay healthy, 
And we need guys that are going to be on the field and can make plays. Now, Vil- Vildor's a little small. Um, you saw him in the Jacksonville game against DJ Shark. They put a ball up. Shark had him by five, six inches. It was an easy touchdown for him. But he can tackle, which we love in Chicago. Peanut Tillman, Kyle Fuller. You know, Fuller, yeah, he had some, he had some great picks, but he laid some wood too. Um, and I really believe Vildor could be that guy to take that number two spot. Offensively, and I, I'm sure you guys, uh, probably everybody's going to say this, Darnell Mooney. We didn't get the opportunity to see him finish that rookie season, guys, and he was already moving up the board. Now you get him somebody that can get the football to him and different ways to use him, moving him around. I just think the sky's the limit for Darnell Mooney and having Allen Robinson there again to to help take something away from you know take away from Mooney. I think it's huge for, for for Mooney, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I guess does anybody else agree on the Mooney pick? If that's because obviously that would be one that a lot of fans would say would be a possibility to break out in twenty twenty one. Yeah, for me that that's the player I was going to go with as well. I mean, we mentioned earlier on as well that the we could have a, a more balanced offense with, with a run game. <laughs> God forbid we actually have one of them, which in itself will help Mooney because. You know, if the if defenses aren't concentrating on the pass and they have to worry about the run, then they're also going to be concentrating on Robinson as the number one. You know, we have Mooney there then, who is hopefully going to see a bit more space. Um, in terms of the quarterback position, whether we go with Dalton or we go with Fields, I think we're in a stronger quarterback position than we were last year. So, you know, those times when Mooney gets himself open, he might actually get the ball thrown his way. So I'm I mean, I went back and watched a lot of Mooney the last couple of weeks, just preparing for different shows with yourself. And I've forgotten how good this kid had it last season. He was some of his catches and his his speed to to, to get himself into the open was phenomenal. And I'm, I actually cannot wait to see what he can do this season now. Yeah, absolutely. Look, let's enjoy some of the kind of little clips that I've put together for Darnell Mooney. Again, I think this is one player that can really benefit from having someone like Justin Fields at the quarterback position. So we'll just run this highlight package and then we'll move on to the next one. So Tony, get ready. You're on me next.
Look, the one thing that sticks out to me about Darnell Money is the amount of catches there that you see him have to stop and rework his body in order to catch it. And I think that's where one of the biggest differences that we're going to see with Justin Fields, that those balls are going to go on, on point and on time and basically in stride because the amount of touchdowns that we actually lost from that not happening was huge. Look, I'm going to bring you in on this, Tony. Who is your breakout player of 2021 for the Chicago Bears? Yeah, so uh, so first of all, I think some of us are at a disadvantage here, Kieran, because you've got a great video package for your pick. Um, so I'm hoping there's going to be a great video package for my pick as well. <laughs> but we'll wait, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, yeah, so yeah, firstly, the, the, the guys that you picked on um, are, are absolutely prime candidates to, to kind of break out this season. And I think there's a lot of expectation. Um, but for me, I've went with, with, with second year tight end, Cole Komet. Um, so, you know, this is, a, this is a guy who last season, now I looked into it uh, before coming on. So he had uh, seven games. Oh, sorry, there's only seven games where he had one uh, one or two targets. So, you know, that that's that's half the season there where he's only getting targeted once or twice in a game. Um, obviously, you know, we're talking about Jimmy Graham. He's likely to be in his last season with the Bears if he's sticking around. So you'd like to think that Komet can pick up a bigger kind of role moving forward. Um, obviously, Komet's more of a kind of a Y tight end than uh, Jimmy Graham's more of a kind of U tight end. So they are they are different. You know, you get a lot more blocking from Komet than you'll get from Graham. Um, but that doesn't mean that he can't make the same sort of contribution in terms of his receiving ability. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who's very good in open space uh you know he's fight fights for extra yards as well he's got that kind of tough mentality about him um you know last season he had a quiet start um and uh it wasn't until the last kind of five games i think uh he had like 150 yards and a touchdown but for the season he had 250 yards and two touchdowns so you know the majority of his um his outputs coming in those last those last few games where they're starting to try and uh, scheme them open. They're trying to make up plays for them that they hadn't, hadn't been doing at the start of the season. So I'm hoping that that escalates. He's used more than he's getting used at the moment. Um, and it's natural. You see it every year, tight ends. They, they, they tend to struggle in the first first season. Um, and then, you know, once they kind of get acclimated to what they're doing, um, you know, that you see a lot of improvement. So I think the arrow's pointing up for Komet. Um, and I think it's just a case of getting him involved more. Uh, he's definitely got all the tools physically to do it. Yeah, I, I completely agree, especially the point that you made that in the first season for tight ends, it can be very difficult. That's why I know there's a lot of people that are very high on Kyle Pitts this year, and it's difficult to know how that's going to work out just from the first season. So, look, I feel like a bit of the stump the truck right now. You've kind of put this on. Do we have a, a Cole Komet highlight view? But uh, yeah, we do.
So there you have it. Cole Komet is one of our other players that we're expecting maybe to have a breakout season. Normally, I would go straight to Anthony, but I'm going to let him wait a little bit longer. He can go. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> you knew I was going to say something about Cole Komet. That's where you do that. Yeah. So, look, I'm going to go to Noel. So, what a, who would be your breakout player? I know you kind of mentioned a little bit of Darnell Mooney. Is there anybody else that you kind of look at in this seat from this season and think, this is the possibility of this person to break out. Well, Kieran, you mentioned earlier on everyone was going to go offense, so I might just uh, jump defense with you there as well and say Jalen Johnson. <clears throat> Obviously, with the Fuller uh, move now, it's 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 Johnson's chance to really step up and you know make himself the number one corner for the Bears. So I think he had a really good good season last year, and it, it's just with him, it's the couple of injuries he's had. You hope he'll be able to you know move past that and kind of have a, a healthy career from now on. But I'm actually looking forward to see now if he can step up and, and make that move now to be the Bears' number one cornerback for the next number of years to come. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely an interesting option because we didn't get to see that much from him because injuries did kind of derail the pretty impressive start to his season. So I think he's one that I think a lot of people are wondering about. And I think he is a reason why there's a lot of question marks at kind of the cornerback position. We don't know with him or Trufant, because they do have a lot of injury concerns, what's going to happen there. So it, it can be quite tricky to know, like, what is the perspective of this defensive backfield? Because it's there's a lot of unknowns, I guess, that there's two of our, as you pencil it now, as our, you're starting outside corners, that both have injury concerns. I know Badger talking about Kendall Vildor. He has the chance to kind of make a name for himself if one of those guys does go down but it is going to be important i know there's been rumors that the bears have been interested in other corners and kind of free agency and how that may come up um so look brendan i'm going to bring you in on on this one who is your breakout player for 2021 i'm almost afraid to say this um and i'll just preface this by saying i have not picked him to break out before in his previous years but um i'm going to go with anthony miller and I know that's probably going to be like an unpopular opinion, but here's why. This is the first offseason that, first of all, Anthony Miller has been healthy for. The last two seasons, he's been rehabbing shoulder injuries. He's had injuries throughout. And it's really kind of stunted his growth a little bit. His name has been just dragged through the mud over the last, like, God knows how many months. He's been talks of, he's been brought up in trade talks multiple times. But now it seems like he's sticking around. And now it's sort of like, okay, we didn't get what we wanted. You're going to be here. You have a chance to, you know, make a name for yourself here, compete. Uh, Mike Fury said it himself. Like, yeah, Anthony's been engaged. He's been doing this. He's been, you know, he seems to finally like understand, like, this is what he needs to do to become a successful NFL player. He's got the talent. We've all seen it. And he's arguably just with raw talent, the most talented wide receiver on the bears right now. He just needs to put it together. And we've seen this with other players in the past where, you know, you've kind of gone through like ups and downs, like injuries, benchings. And one guy I kind of think of is Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller almost, people wanted him traded. People wanted him cut. He turned out to be an all pro after the 2017 season, signed a new contract in a contract year. So, and the bit, really the biggest reason out of all of that is Miller kind of is a freelancer. And he would, I just remember hearing when the Bears were interested in Russell Wilson, people said, if Russell Wilson came to the Bears and his style of play, 
Anthony Miller would be the biggest beneficiary because of the way that Russell Wilson extends plays and Miller's ability to kind of, you know, move around the field and get open. He wasn't always the first read. He was rarely the first read under uh, Trubisky and Foles where you really didn't have that option and the field was shrunk. So I think with Justin Fields coming in, Anthony Miller could be one of the biggest beneficiaries. And I think I pray that he might actually put it all together this year. Yeah, so without further ado, let's hit that highlight package and then we will kind of discuss a little bit about Anthony Miller before we let our other Anthony make his selection. I hit recorded job, you can't ignore it. I'm transforming now these cars and planes, I'm always boarding. Just out touring down in Charlotte like I play for Hornets. When I'm performing, never boring, now you can't afford it. Champagne Perrier, finished friends on my face. Looking like I'm from the D, D's no Cartier. Pockets deep, 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 bro. I can make it in my seat, bro. Do you and doing me, bro. Making noise, use a beat, bro. I always get from Anthony Miller and I think a lot of us probably shared in this was that first season that he came in I don't I don't know if you remember it um badge but I think everyone was so kind of hyped about when the Bears traded up to go get him because we are so devoid of talent at the wide receiver position and we looked at that kind of offseason I remember kind of being at training camp that year and everybody just looking at Anthony Miller and how he was the one that was making a big difference he has all the talent there. You leave look, like I said, it's a very it's a common theme that we saw with the Darnell Mooney kind of package there. But there are a lot of times that on his routes that he's actually having to turn back and try and get the ball instead of it hitting him on stride. How big do you think that this season's gonna be with Justin Fields for Anthony Miller? Because again, if he doesn't kind of show up this year, it's gonna be very hard for these coaches to to trust him moving forward. Yeah, I, I really think it's he's got to earn their trust back. I, I know he's showing it now, but you look at the talent they've brought into that position, and and I think Anthony Miller, and I'm going to say his name, Anthony, I'm sorry, Javon Wims are at the bottom of that list right now. <laughs> um, because, I mean, I, it, the Javon Wims one in the regular season, it, it, it was like, okay, dude, you're stupid. Like, they already took. But then to have Anthony Miller do it, Again, and then in the playoffs, when you're in the game and you have a chance it, to, to beat this team to move on, it's just one that it just sticks in my craw. Like, uh, it's just something that, um, you know, and, 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 and we've heard, you know, in the past that, that, that Wims and Miller and he, Riley Ridley, here's the reason why I haven't seen him. 
the mental stuff isn't there for them. Like they're, they have the talent, but they like to goof off, fool around, whatever, you know, which is fine. It's, I get it, but it's a business. This is your job. You got to take it seriously. If Anthony Miller comes in here and breaks out, dude, I'm, I'm all for it, but it'll be a little tough just to, to know that he still punched Chauncey Gardner Johnson in the face in a playoff game when you were in striking distance, for God's sake. <laughs> again, again, just hit him in the face. I would love if he actually hit him in the hit, face. Hit him in the head. Oh, that's a good point. Too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but look, before I kind of come to you, Anthony, on your, on your breakout player, the one thing I wanted to ask you is, Badge mentions three different wide receivers there. We mentioned Javon Williams and Anthony Miller, who did the same stupid thing twice, and they hit a helmet. They're practicing to see if the Saints' helmets are as strong as the Bears are. Um, But then also the fact we haven't seen Riley Ridley. He was a fourth-round pick. The interesting thing is he did have that first season with Justin Fields of Georgia, so possibly there could be some sort of connection there. But in terms of stuff for Javon Williams and Anthony Miller, when does it become a coaching problem? versus a player problem when you've two players there that have done that that you can't trust them anymore yet are still on the team yeah i think that's a great point i think adding the badge you got to throw riley ridley into that conversation as well to make it a choice it's reason it sounds dodge but you add them on <laughs> make it look that way because they're that's the right that's the right way to look at it brendan i think that's a really really interesting shout anthony miller um i think it's a i hope it goes right it's got the same name as me so i really do hope it goes right I think he is absolutely the worst type of person in the locker room. From from even stuff that he said since that, that he's getting on a lot of trash online, and he's still having pops back at Bears fans. He shut up, just shut up. Play, do do your talking on the field. Do what Justin Fields says. Go on the field, prove prove us wrong, and then you can go do what you want to the crowd afterwards. And then you can go out on social media afterwards and say what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think, I also think if you forget about all the mad stuff for Anthony Miller, I just don't think he has that next level i think there's too many shots mooney mooney went past him really quickly uh, last year in, in in who we were going to i mean really quickly and i just think that the coaches the coaches have looked at that way now uh, kieran's point you're right i think is it a question that you're asking about whether the coaches are right is the qb right for him i actually think for anthony miller's career himself i think anthony miller's career should be out of chicago and um, for him as much as for Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. because I think for him, he needs a new start. And there was rumors that he was going to go to, to New England Patriots, and that would have been a very good, smart move for him, uh, because that's a new a new over, and then he can go and do what he wants, because he is a good player. I just think there's a lot of stuff up there that's not right, um, and, and I think that he's had his time in Chicago. Um, like, what's going to happen? So he, he does really well in the first four or five games, and we're, we're thinking it's great, and he's going to go on social media slagging off the city. So it's like, okay, well, what's that going to do? We've already got A-Rob who doesn't want to have anything to do with Chicago at the moment. So why do we want our number one and number two wide receiver saying the same thing? I think that's going to segue on to where I'm going to go with who my breakout, breakout pick's going to be. Um, yeah, I, 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 think, I, think we, I think we know who this is going to be, but I just wanted to bring up one, one little point there in terms of for Anthony Miller, and you say that maybe it's just that it needs to be away from Chicago. And I, I agree to a certain extent, but like, if the co- coaches in the league talk to each other and if Anthony Miller doesn't get it done this year, there's going to be coaches that will ask the Bears coaches, what is he like? And if the pro- if he's a problem in the locker room, he will find it difficult because he's not like an Antonio Brown that was one of the best wide receivers in the league where it's the risk versus the reward. 
for Anthony Miller, the problem for him is if he doesn't have a consistent season, and that's all he needs because he doesn't have to be like in other teams where that you literally have one wide receiver. He doesn't have to do the A-Rob job that when nobody else is performing that he needs to be the one that breaks out this offense. He just needs to do his role properly. And the fact that a rookie wide receiver could come in pretty much by week two and get more snaps than you, it's a big indictment. And that was before all the kind of lunacy that was happening before the two mm-hmm. punches that were going on mid-season. So without further ado, Anthony, who is your breakout player of 2021? See, you'd be all shocked if I said Robert Quinn now, wouldn't you? Um, for, for me, for me, when we were doing the draft night, the one name that stood out as a kind of like a sleeper one that kind of was just done on the QT was Daz Newsom. Um, and the more I've looked up on him, the more I've read up on him, and the more I've seen him, I mean, even the stuff that is even today where he's talking about Justin Fields' deep ball being sweet, even even the words he's using, the terminology, and he says he shouldn't have been a, a six-rounder, he should have been much higher than that, all that kind of stuff. I really like this kid. And I also like this kid because he's not just a wide receiver. He's our, He could be our slot guy. He could be the guy that would go into our slot and really, really make make a, make a statement there. But he's also a punt returner. Um, and he's... and. Tariq Cohen is my favourite Chicago Bears player before Justin Fields goes on the field. And I just don't want Tariq Cohen catching anything back there. Again, I just want him being our gadget player that does a lot of other things around running back, wide receiver, stop. So I don't need him there. So we need to replace that. Now, whether that's with Herbert, the running back, or whether it's with Newsom, I just personally think it's Newsom. I think he has everything that you want. He's been a great bit of determination. He's, he's, his catch play ability is insane. He gets hit and he goes through the, through the tackle. He mightn't have that, like, insane speed that even that a Mooney does, but he has that stickability and he has that ability to to continue through the through the tackle. And I just think he's gonna be a superstar. I really do. Like we we found I think Pace has found another one in round six. I really do. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I just kind of listening to what he was saying today, he's very comfortable as well, like even with the media today, is getting each one of them to tell them their favorite kind of food place in Chicago. He's, that was awesome. He's, it, that was that was very funny. And then just seeing kind of the media members, one saying to go to Lou Malani's and not get the deep dish pizza was, I, I thought that was a bit criminal by someone someone <laughs> saying that. I think, I can't remember who it was. I think it may have been like Pat Finley, but again, there, it, was just, it was just very funny to see that. But also the advantage that he has now is that if Justin Fields plays early on, He's going to get this time to kind of build a relationship with the star quarterback. So it is a really interesting one. We, we I do want to talk a little bit more about some of these kind of last draft picks um, that because we have spoken about Tevin Jenkins and spoken to Justin Fields. Before that, we do we will play our Daz Newsome mix, which I did put up on – it is up on our channel. All these different highlight packages will be put up there over the next few days, so do check them out. There's a lot more than what we played tonight as well because, again, we were preparing for some absolutely odd uh, odd answers. <laughs> so let's, let's just enjoy what we saw from Daz Newsome in college. You'll see some of the different things that he can do, and it's not just like Anthony was saying, just at the wide receiver position.
Look, again, it's it's really exciting to see a guy like this. The fact that I know there's been a couple of media members as well that have kind of brought up that he's been quite impressive in the early showings. I know at that point, because I, I think they had their interviews before practice today, but also, and also it's just the fact that seeing him and Justin Fields over time, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this depth chart plays out because I'm still under the impression that Javon Williams will get caught because at the end of the day, Anthony Miller, you can see kind of the talent that is there. Javon Williams is a guy, really, and you can get them from pretty much everywhere. I'm really surprised that during the Daz Newsome press conference today, and I know right or bad, you won't kind of like this too much, but the amount of media members that probably went to Syracuse and nobody brought up that he scored a, a touchdown against Syracuse was very, very surprising. They were too busy talking about their favorite pizza. Yeah, it, those, uh, I mean, trust me, being an SU fan and now being in the ACC, I mean, I've watched Travis Etienne, I've watched Trevor Lawrence, you know, I've watched Syracuse just get annihilated by most of the players that we see the Bears draft that are, that are in the ACC. So, uh, yeah, those those highlights sting a little bit, but I, I'm in agreement with you, Syrian, and, and Andy, I, I think it's a great pick. I really believe the Bears think this could be the future in Justin Fields and Daz Newsom, and pairing them w- with Darnell Mooney, you know, um, and if A-Rob can stay around for a couple of years as well, I mean, you've really got a formidable wide receiver room. And and I agree with you also on Javon Wims. I, I think he's gone. And you know what? I, I hate to say this, but I could totally see Riley Ridley being cut too. And, and here's oh, yeah. why I say this. Yeah. He doesn't play special teams. So he's a fourth round pick that is just a wide receiver. And he hasn't really been good oh. enough there to get on the field as a wide receiver. So now here you've got Daz Newsom coming in who isn't afraid to return kicks. He'll return punts. And you also have Khalil Herbert to think about too in the return game. So, um, and Ridley doesn't do that. So um, I could definitely see that scenario with Wims and Ridley both gone and Miller still on the roster. Yeah, it's a really interesting one because I don't think anyone quite knows what to make of this wide receiver room because, again, this could change over the next few weeks as well because I know there's still a lot of talk that the Bears are probably going to be adding more players because there will be a way that they'll try and create more cap space. They need another corner to bring in. They may bring in another offensive lineman. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in another kind of bigger body wide receiver. And then when that happens, look, when you get when the reports come out twice that you're possibly getting traded as like Anthony Miller, like the thing is, like, what do you do as a player when you know the team doesn't really want you, but they couldn't get anybody really that – like, if they drafted a second-round wide receiver, Anthony Miller's not on this team anymore. And that's just, the, that's just the fact is when that happens, it's very difficult to come back from that. And it comes back to trust. And you saw it with the wide receiver coach where he said that they basically were saying, we don't need Anthony Miller. If he wants to be on this team, he has to work hard for it. My biggest question is, does he want it enough? You listen to the likes of Daz Newsom, you listen to Justin Fields, and just the way they talk is about how they really want to make it. Listening to Daz Newsom today, it was very similar to the way we heard Tevin Jenkins talk yesterday, the same way we heard Justin Fields. 
they're there to go and get a spot. Daz Newsom said, whatever way I can get on the field, I'll do it. Same thing was being said by Darnell Mooney last year. And if he can just put his head into kind of the playbook, know it, and get trust in these, these offensive coaches, I don't see any reason why he can't get on the field at some stage. I don't think he's going to be another kind of Riley Ridley type player where we don't see him. I completely agree with you, Badge. I, I can't see any scenario that Riley Ridley is on this team unless he has some crazy connection with Justin Fields, but I don't think so. It's just the fact that, like you said, he do, he's not one of your starting wide receivers. He's not even kind of one of those slot guys that you're going to bring in, and he doesn't play any special teams position. And this is now, what, his third season? At some point, you're going to have to make some sort of contribution, and he just hasn't done that. And even when injuries have come in, even you saw when Wims went out in the Saints game for punching the helmet and when Anthony Miller did, he still wasn't there in order to kind of help the team either. So it's very difficult. Where I want to kind of segue into kind of the last area, because we have spent quite a lot of time talking about the offense because we see most of the changes happen there. But the defensive side of the ball is really important. That What do we actually expect under Sean Desai? We saw kind of two guys in terms of Thomas Graham Jr. be selected in the draft, which a lot of people liked, probably more of that kind of slot option. I see very similar traits that we saw with Bryce Callahan when he was with the Bears, so that's an option there. And then one was Kyrus Tonga, who I don't know if any of you guys saw, but we had his defensive coordinator on the show about two weeks ago, and he mentioned a lot of interesting points that he is one of those guys that will kind of fight to get his spot on the team he mentioned a really interesting story that he's gone through so much that from an early age i think he went to prison and then went to byu went on kind of their what was it their kind of retreat that they have to do for a year or two comes back his body is completely different and from then on he has been one of the more important players for the byu defense and it just when I look at the draft class, the one similarity I keep bringing up is I see the toughness in a lot of these guys. And it's the one thing that Sean Desai has said as well. He wants that aggressive defense. He wants it to be tough. So, Brendan, I'm going to bring you in on this. Is In terms of we spoke about earlier on the schedule, but how important is this defense going to be to really determine where the Bears are going to be towards the end of the season? Because we can all get very hyped over Justin Fields, but we also have to remember – He's a rookie quarterback, and rookie quarterbacks tend to not win loads of games. We saw how good Justin Herbert was last year, but the Chargers still only won seven games. So how important is this defense going to be for actually the development of some of the players on offense? Oh, a very. I mean, you know, it's it's so funny as a Bears fan, like – we either get one or the other. We either get a good defense or for like a very brief period of time, we get good offense, but a trash defense. And so, you know, a good defense is a, you know, a rookie quarterback and the young quarterback's best friend, you know, that way, if turnovers happen, if stalls happen, you know, you believe in the guy in the guys on the other side of the ball to be like, Hey, we're going to get it back for you. Like, you know, we're going to limit this damage. All good. Like we got your back. You know, you're not playing from behind all the time. You can actually like play ahead. And I, I'm so interested to see what Sean Desai can do. I mean, you know, somebody who was a very, he was an unknown. He's just been like watching, waiting in the wings for so many years. We hear about the Vic Fangio disciple and we hear about just like the schemes he wants to bring back. And 
you know, unfortunately, last the last two years with Chuck Pagano, this is a very predictable defense. And, you know, he tried showing some disguises, but it just didn't work. And people were able to take advantage like crazy. You know, we really saw like as Vic Fangio got his, you know, hands into this defense and made it his own, you know, it just kept getting better and better and better. So I'm interested to see what the transition is going to be like with Sean Desai. And I know we're not talking about specific players, but um, I'm so looking forward to seeing what Eddie Goldman can do with this group and with this coming back and, you know, plugging up that middle. You have the development of Bilal Nichols and hopefully Akeem Hicks sticks around because just the three of those guys on that defensive line you know, can really wreak some havoc. So, um, it, no, it's it's very important. The pieces are all still there. There is some questions in the secondary, particularly at cornerback. And I know the Eddie Jackson situation is still kind of, uh, you know, we need to see him rebound. But, um, yeah, I, I really can't wait to see what Desai can do. Yeah, and Noel, I guess I'll, I'll come to you on, on that as well. Is how concerned are you from the defensive backfield? Because, like we said, there's injury concerns. We've lost Kyle Fuller. Look, I guess one good thing is there's the continuity of the two safeties that are there. Mm-hmm. So w- what do you expect, Noel, when we look at this team headed into 2021? Do you think that there's going to be kind of, I guess, an improvement from last year? Because we do need that because there were times that the defense were, I don't want to say poor, but they were definitely below average to what we would normally expect from this mm-hmm. Bears team because – going from the 2018 where it was the top defense and then suddenly it kind of moves back you know it's hard yeah, to no, say absolutely. oh sorry, sorry go ahead. oh no i'll i sorry i was just gonna say like it's hard to say the biggest concern i have is just with cornerback because of um jalen johnson uh you know i i think having him hurt and he kind of hit a wall in his rookie season I just was, you know, I, I'm a little concerned about that in Desmond Trufant. And I know Kendall Vildor has got a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of hype around him. But I, I'm just concerned about the cornerback situation more so. So sorry, Noel. Uh, please take it. No, no, no worries. Um, well, I think, look, it all starts up front. Um, it's great to have Goldman back. As you said, um, with Nichols and, and Hicks. I mean, we really need to get a lot of pass rush. If they can get back to getting pass rush and getting pressure on quarterbacks, that's going to help all those defensive backs massively. I mean, if you're, if you're getting pressure on the quarterback, it just makes life easier for the guys behind you. In terms of the, the safeties, I think it's going to be good that we'll actually have two safeties playing together for the second year in a row. I think Jackson hasn't had the same partner two years in a row, probably since Amos. Um, so, no, it, it's going to be interesting. Just decide in general to, to see exactly what he brings to this defense and, and what kind of structure he's going to have there is – it's, it's fascinating to be honest to see what's actually going to come out of it. Yeah. First of all, he's he's using Agent Amos's name, and we're we're going we're going from Javon Wims, Agent Amos. All the bad names we brought. Out, <laughs> Anthony's bad, losing I've heard, his hair. I've heard, yeah, literally, I've heard bad <laughs> talking about about the number twelve up in the Packers. It's just gone horrible wrong. No, I'm only joking. No, on that, I think it's an interesting one, and I was joking with my partner earlier on about Robert Quinn. I think I think Robert Quinn can't be as bad as he was last year, but Absolutely. there is a player. There can't is a player. Worse. He can't exactly. And I'm sorry, is that all right? But it was there's a there's a chance that he might actually be something else, and there might be something that if he's fully fit, that we don't expect, and other teams don't expect as well, and that will add to the pressure and might actually help us out in that position. The other thing as well is that I can't pronounce his name. Can you pronounce word? At a choy, at a choy, the one that the other edge edge rusher is coming. Oh yeah. 
Christian um, Jones, fellas. Toshu, is it Jones, our, Big Jones. I told you, Jones is another one. That's There'd be my pressure, pressure put on those positions that we didn't have before. So everyone talked about the Bears and free agency that was like, oh, we didn't really spend that much. We didn't do much. We actually made some really decent deals. Bad said it about the running back room. I think also in, in, in our D-line, we've done little bits of movement, and it's it's those mm-hmm. kind of add-ons that make us a successful opportunity. And it gives guys like, like uh, Eddie Jackson the opportunity to go out and play. I'm really interested to see what Desai goes to do. Before Fields came along, Desai was the one thing about the coming season I was looking forward to. Just seeing what he was going to start doing because we were so predictable on defence. It was so boring. Third and nine and we all just dropped back. It was just open shots for people to just get their first down and go on again. And I just really wanted to see him bring a real Chicago defence. And he's been there for so long and people are so positive about him. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what he's going to do, actually. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting one. And Tony, where I want to kind of finish the kind of defensive side of the talk before we kind of wrap up is the one thing that I always have is the Bears couldn't even make the average in terms of points scored per game for the offense, which initially I think the Bears are averaging below 17 points a game. The average back in 2018 was 21, 22. It's getting closer to kind of 28, 29 points a game. And at, at this point in time, Selecting Justin Fields is brilliant because you actually have the opportunity to now kind of score with some of these teams. And the one thing that I keep bringing up is if you can have an aggressive defense, even what's going to happen is you will have some players that you'd be like, who whose guy was that? And they score an easy touchdown. But the thing is you look at every single week, you can look at red zone and the good teams with good quarterbacks make moves late on in games. You can see teams like the Ravens where, Lamar Jackson's having a terrible game, and then suddenly in the fourth quarter, he throws for three touchdowns, or he runs in another and they come back. The fact is, how important is his offense going to be? Maybe not this year, because it might take time for them to gel. It might take time for them to develop. But looking at over probably the course of Justin Fields' rookie deal, how important is this offense going to be for the defense to actually get back to playing with that aggressive style that we saw where Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack, and even the likes of Eddie Jackson actually really benefited from the style of defense that Vic Fangio had put in. Yeah, so if, if you've got uh, an offense that's that's on the field, scoring points, moving the ball, um, you know, keeping the 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 you know, and the, the defense aren't on for uh, you know, uh, you know, play after play after play after play. You know that that's a huge thing. You know, um, and and I think you've seen it last year. Uh, you know, we weren't able to score points, um, but for a for a, a stretch of time there, the you know the defense just looked as if you know they were done. They were done in. It was it was just too much. Um, you know, and and they were letting up points for for a stretch during during the season as well. So, yeah, they 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 both go into each other. Um, you, you need to have that kind of come and go between the offense and the defense. And it's a, it's a team, it's a full team game. I know people talk about, you know, the NFL's now, it's a, it's a big passing league, it's scoring points, big offense. But again, if you don't have your defense there to, to do their job, then then that's, that's um, kind of a big issue. But um, in terms of the defense for the Bears this year, um, I think there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of concern, especially as you've alluded to in terms of the defensive back situation. But even if you look at, you know, look at Kyle Fuller, for instance, you know, so he was a twenty million pound, yeah, twenty million dollar, sorry, uh, cap it, um, which for me is, is is a lot of money to pay for a guy who 
is is kind of going up in age. Um, also, if you look at um, Kyle Fuller as well, obviously 2017 was a good year. 2018 was a great year. 2019 was was a bit of a down year by his standards. Um, and even last season, I think he ranked what 30th out of however many qualifying outside uh, cornerbacks you know in the league. So you know his, his best years were were kind of getting behind them. Um, I can see, I can understand the panic and losing him. Um, but if you've got a guy like Sean Desai coming in, who is a disciple of uh, Vic Fangio, uh, you can use that one if you want. Um, <laughs> then uh, you know you've got to think, you know, guys like, for example, Kent uh, Vildor. You know, is are they going to be able to really develop these guys and make them starting outside? Corners and things like that, you know, uh, and guys like Thomas Graham Jr. coming in, who I'm I'm a big fan of. I think he's he's going to be, you know, in the slot, obviously, but you know, a really good prospect. Um, so, yeah, but to go back to your original question, because I got carried away there. Um, yeah, there's the yin and yang, uh, and and there has to be that kind of um, come and go between the two units. But yeah, having a, a, a scoring the offense who can stay on the field, move the ball is a huge advantage to your D. You don't want them sitting on there, you know, for a fast majority of the game. So, yeah, it's uh, very important. You you look at the, the defense under Vic Fangio. What'd they do? Pin their ears back. They wanted to hit the quarterback, get the ball up in the air for their playmakers to make plays. Uh, Sean Desai sat under that and and learned from Vic Fangio. We we you heard him in his press conference. I can't remember if it was earlier this week, late last week. They want to be aggressive. They they want it. They want the ball. They want and 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 they want the ball and they want to score. You know, I mean, you think back to the the Lovey Smith days and the cover two. It, it it wasn't about the takeaways. It was about taking it away and then putting points on the board as well. And I I think. That's Sean Desai's goal. I think he's got some great minds around him to help him. And then you look at some of the pieces that they've signed in free agency, as each of you guys have said. And we mentioned Christian Jones before. Not only can he play the edge, he can play inside too. Because when he was here the first time, he was actually an inside linebacker. I, I hated to see him go, but uh, he, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Christian Jones. Thomas Graham, uh, uh, another, you know, guys, he could be the starting nickel. I'm, yeah. in, in all honesty, you know, because that 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 position in itself, I think the nickel position is really up for grabs. I thought Duke Shelley played okay there last year, um, but you know, that position to me is is really really up for grabs there. Um, you know, the safety position, I, I really think you're going to see Bojack revert to form, as Syrian said. Um, I, I expect huge things from Bojack this year. And then that D-line, I mean, come on. You get Akeem healthy. Uh, you get Eddie back. Bilal Nichols. Then you looked at the depth pieces behind them. And, and Kyr- Kyrus uh, Tonga, he's, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to play right away. Then you look at your edge rushers now too. I mean, you've got guys that have now been here for a couple of years. And, you know, Robert Quinn, if he doesn't go – I mean, if he doesn't end up with five sacks next year, this may he could be the worst pace free agent signing ever. Because, I mean, you see him come out after missing week one, first play, boom, sack. You're like, holy shit, this guy's the real deal. And then it was what, week 16, 17, before he had another one? Uh, so, you know, 
I like Sean Desai. Um, I, I think he's got a great mindset, a great plan. And, and I can't wait to see the team take the field and start executing because we're the Chicago Bears, fellas. We're known for defense. We need to bring that mentality back and then execute it on in all phases, that monster mentality all across the field. Yeah, I completely agree. I think a lot of people are sleeping on the defense a little bit because they're just seeing that Kyle Fuller's gone and that's going to affect the entire team. But look, I would be surprised if the Bears don't bring in another cornerback. I know there was the kid that was playing in Pittsburgh last year, Nelson, that has Mm -hmm. been rumored. But I know there's been like 11 other teams that have been interested. There was a comment here about Richard Sherman still being out there. That's an interesting one if, I guess, if it's a deal that can work out kind of financially because, again, it gives you that kind of bigger corner that you may want. But there's a lot of talent. You mentioned it, Batch, and I actually completely agree on the Thomas Graham. It's the one thing I said in our kind of post-draft show is he has a real good chance to become that slot corner. I just look at the way Fangio used Bryce Callahan, and I see the same sort of tackling ability. He has the ball skills. He played at a big school, and he's just one of those guys that you look at a lot of these draft experts thought he would go earlier. Then maybe just because he sat out the year because of COVID and stuff that it it affected him. But also the fact is he already has played with or played against Jalen Johnson as well when he kind of came up. It is a really interesting one. I think it's definitely one to kind of look at and kind of project on forward. And it's one thing that I I will be looking at when we kind of hear more about the different off-season programs and things that are going on there. I know most of the attention will be on the rookies and Justin Fields. But the one thing that I'll be looking out for is really what's going to happen in terms of that defensive backfield. Will anybody else be brought in? I think that the front seven is still going to be pretty good. You bring in Eddie Goldman, you have Bilal Nichols, who'll be fighting to get his contract as well because he's going to be kind of coming up. I know Eddie Jackson can, or sorry, um, Roquan Smith can get his kind of early extension. But you have to remember that Bilal Nichols' contract at the end of the season will be up. So I think he's one that will definitely be getting extended at some point. So he needs to have a big year. So I think that front seven can be really formidable if we can get Akeem Hicks fully healthy and playing back to his strengths. I Look, if the front seven does its job, it makes it a lot easier and on those corners and on those safeties, especially if we do have a rookie that may be playing in the slot. And I, I said it beforehand when I know, Anthony, you know, when we were kind of projecting what could happen in the draft, that nickel corner was a big kind of position they needed to fix because you have a guy there that's going to be playing 70% of the snaps. So, or 70% of the downs, because again, that's the way it works on defense now. So that's one thing that I'll be looking forward to. Now I'm going to ask each one of you just for kind of a, a quick thing on what you'll be looking forward to in terms of the off season coming ahead, whether it's in rookie mini camp, whether it's in the OTAs or whether it's kind of further along in training camp, if there's anything that you want to kind of hear that comes out of it, or is it just something that you just can't wait until the season and that's what you're focused on? So, Brendan, we'll start with you. Ooh, just one thing. Um, well, you know what? I'll, uh, I'm will i going to stick with the conversation, you know, like bring it back to the slot cornerback position because obviously we, we all know offense. We all know Fields and Dalton. That's going to be a big issue. But, you know, Kieran and Ryan, you, you guys said it. Like the slot corner is going to be such – nickel corner duh is going to be such an issue you know 
important piece to this defense. I mean, look what Devonte Adams did to this, you know, defense the last few years, moving him in the slot, picking on Buster screen and Duke Shelley. We saw it with AJ Brown last year with the Titans. I mean, like teams are moving their receivers around the field and getting them in those, you know, key spots. So if Thomas Graham can come in and compete and, you know, really show off that he can play that Bryce Callahan role and maybe even, I mean, for the most part, I thought Buster Screen was okay, but he definitely had some of those rough moments, especially near the end. But if we can get that that nickel corner solidified, that's going to be such a big boost. And so, yeah, with Duke Shelley, with Kendall Vildor, if he ends up playing outside or inside, and then you know Thomas Graham, I, I really want to see how that how that pans out, and really just all the all the corners as well, because as I said earlier. I have concerns about Desmond Trufant, and I hope that Jalen Johnson can take the next step after he kind of hit that rookie wall. Because remember, against Minnesota, Justin Jefferson totally torched him in that game. The rookie on rookie battle, Jefferson won that. And, you know, we saw Jalen Johnson do well early in the season, but he's just got to take that next step. And I think he can. Yeah, absolutely. No, we'll come to you next. Is there anything that you'd be looking out for as we kind of progress through this offseason? Well, of course, the obvious one is to see how, how Fields develops over time and, and what way that kind of quarterback situation goes. But I think the next one for me is just to see how things develop on the O-line, you know, to see are they going to bring someone else in or is the, the lineup that we kind of predicted earlier on, is, is that the way they're going to go? How is Jenkins faring, you know, with as much as they can do on field on the left-hand side? Um, so that's that's the outside the quarterback. That's the biggest thing for me. I just want to see what way that line develops and builds, and and hopefully it's all positive. And and Jenkins is that left tackle that will come in and and slot in straight away. But yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on that. Yeah, Tony, what about yourself? Is there anything that you'd be looking at over the next kind of couple of weeks in terms of Bears news? I know there's a lot that's we're kind of on Justin Fields' watch right now, kind of looking at rookie mini camp. But is there anything else that you'd be looking at? Yeah, so two things for me. Uh, firstly, you know, if we are going to bring in any new faces, who are they going to be? What positions are we going to target? And I think we've all got our favourite positions that we think that the Bears should add to, but obviously none of us are in the head of uh, Ryan Pace, <laughs> so whether that's a good thing or not. Um, but uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where they go with it, how they're going to use the cap, how they're going to be flexible with the cap as well. Um, I think obviously with, with cutting Leno uh, with the post June designation, that basically just covers the rookie class. So you've then got to think, well, I've got to need money for during the season if you know something happens. So you know there's a lot more kind of movement to to, to, to be had there. The second thing that I'm looking forward to uh, is more of a kind of uh, humorous uh, side of it is the the Mitch Trubisky revenge tour. And uh, the second preseason game, he's coming back to Soldier Field. He's going to run riot. He's going to make everyone think that they shouldn't have. No, I'm joking. It'll be interesting to see Mitch back. Uh, you know, I'm a big Mitch fan in terms of he's a great, he seems like a really nice guy. And I want him to do well. Um, so it'll be nice to see him back at Soldier Field, even if and it's that, a preseason game. <laughs> and we have one bingo. That's every single name that I didn't want to have mentioned on this show. <laughs> Tony, I'm totally with you, man. It seems like an unbelievably nice guy, and I wish him all the very best in Buffalo. I genuinely do. So we have yeah. two Trubisky truthers in the chat right now uh, with Anthony and Tony. So, But again, look, it's 
it's it's really interesting to kind of see a lot of these storylines. Badge, I'm going to come to you last in terms of what you think of if there's any if there's any other kind of things that you're going to be looking towards. We mentioned maybe possible players that could come in, the things that could happen on defense. We've mentioned fields. Is there any other storyline that you'll be kind of following over the next couple of weeks? Matt Nagy's offense, for sure. Um, you know, it's just something I, for some reason, I just can't let go of as much as I think having Justin Fields will, will, will make a difference. Um, he's just freaking dumb in situational football. Let's be honest here. First and goal. Let's run a tight end jet sweep. Uh, like, come on. Co- common sense is it's not a good idea. Um, but he just doesn't seem to have it at times. So, um, you know, I, I want, and I also at the same point in time want to see he, he didn't take this offense and make it suitable for the players that work here. He didn't try to take a player's strengths and cater it to his offense. Please don't make that same mistake with the players that are here now, because I really believe that this team has the chance to be something very good in the next two years uh, but I, I definitely think it's going to hinder on Matt Nagy and putting, uh, you know, players in the best positions to be successful. Um, and, and the same with the coaching staff. You know, I, I I like Mike Fury. I think he's a great guy. I really do. But you look at, I'm not even going to say the names. You look at the issues in the wide receiver room, how, you know, how much are they not listening to him? And when somebody's not being listened to, well, maybe it's not them and it's him. You know, I, I don't know what's going on inside. I really think Fury's a great dude. I loved him as a player. The fact that he played both sides of the ball in the NFL. I mean, it's rare you can find somebody that really did that. And, you know, I, I just, I really think this the sky's the limit here, but it really depends on how, how this offense works out. I, I really honestly believe guys, it would be a mistake to not see Justin Fields week one. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess Anthony to kind of come to you as kind of the last thoughts on this. Is there, is there any other kind of topics that you would like to kind of hear coming out of the bears, whether if it's a particular storyline that we should be looking towards, or is there anything that interests you over the coming weeks? Yeah, there'd be two. Uh, one, I'd like to hear them come out and say that Terry Cohn is fit. I'd like to, I'd like to hear. I know everything's going on with Tariq at the moment, and it's pretty shocking what's happening in his family, and that's that's really really sad, obviously. But I'd like to hear these fit because it's been very quiet about 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 Tariq, and we've gone on, we've gone, we've gone on, and got different kind of smaller size uh, wide receivers into it now, and it's just gonna live a quiet on it. So that's that's number one. Number two would be Arab's contract sorted, just done. Um, because going back to Tony's point about the about the cap, that's where you save cap the best for the Bears. So you turn around to A Rob and you say, We'll give you a four or five year deal, and we'll just give you only four or five million in year one, five, six, seven million, and we'll back end it all the way we go. And you're going to be our wide receiver one. Oh, and by the way, we've got Justin Fields as well. And suddenly we've got 10, 12, 13 million that we can go and potentially go cornerback or we go somewhere else. And now suddenly we are a really se- serious side and a serious outfit. So those are probably the two interesting ones. The lads have hit everything else that I, that I thought about, but they're the two that I would think of. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it, it, there's so much to kind of go on there. 
there's there's going to be a lot of interesting storylines over kind of the next couple of weeks. I just want to thank each one of you for joining us today. It's been great being able to kind of talk bears. Make sure that you guys are subscribing to the YouTube page because, again, there's a lot of stuff coming up. I know this week coming we have three interviews set up. We have Caitlin Sharkey on Wednesday. We have Mike Carmen on Thursday. And then we have Shane Reardon, one of the producers from 670 The Score, coming on next Saturday. So do make sure that you do catch us over on YouTube so you don't miss anything. All these episodes will all be put up onto all your podcast platforms so you can go and find it. If you like the audio versions more, they'll be put up as well. All the kind of highlight packages that you saw today will be put up on the YouTube page as well. So make sure you check those out. But until Wednesday when we join you guys again, just, again, make sure you follow all these great guys as well because they do a lot of really good work. So I'm going to start with you, Ryan. Is there anywhere people can find some of the great work that you put out? Yeah, uh, at Ryan Badgley 40 and then uh, Barroom Network and the Barfly Tailgate Show. Um, you know, we, we pretty much have social media pages everywhere, our YouTube. Um, you know, we're, we're on uh, – we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus here. I mean, we've been going since training camp and, you know, we took a little bit of a break in April for a couple of weeks, but uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to take a little breather here, you know, kind of catch our breath and, you know, work for a lot of us is starting to pick up as the weather's getting warmer and whatnot. So uh, you know, busy hours in store, but um, I appreciate, you know, the offer to come on guys. I had a blast, uh, chatting with you guys, um, Brendan and Ryan, I had the opportunity to hang out with a couple of times here this off season as well, uh, doing shows and, and I look forward to having you guys on our show too. Uh, once we come back, because, you know, we're, we're very similar. We love to hear, you know, what, what other bears fans have to say. And we're, we're a little on the not appropriate side on our show. I mean, we are kind of a tailgate show, so there are a lot of curse words and please feel free to use them when you come on um, because it kind of helps you feel better. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> well, I that appreciate was it, guys. Yeah. That was basically our draft show. I think Anthony, that I think that's <laughs> when I got, once it gets past a certain time over here, where it looks like, Oh, screw this. Uh, <laughs> there was some, some interesting comments made on that show at around five o'clock Irish time. All right. <laughs> yeah. Tell, <laughs> Tony, I'd like to bring you in. I know you were telling me before about kind of your website and some of the great stories that you guys have there. So if you want to tell all the people that would be watching kind of where they can find some of the great work that you put out. Yeah, so we, uh, we're we part of uh, the the Dick uh, Digest. So you can find us at the uh, the dickdigest.com. We're also obviously on uh, Facebook and uh, and Twitter, Twitter handle just on the page here at Dick Digest. Um, and we kind of put out regular stories, opinions, mostly opinions. We're full of opinions, which is always a good thing. Um, so yeah, um, head on over there, check it out and uh, and give me a shout if you, if you want to chat about stuff. Absolutely. Brendan, yourself? Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brendan Chagru. Um, you can check out my work at uh, the USA Today Bears Wire site. I've been churning out quite a few articles, especially around draft season. And I do host a podcast occasionally. I've uh, been taking a bit of a hiatus just because everything's you know crazy with the offseason. But uh, it's the 46 podcast. You can follow that at the 46 pod. And uh, yeah, this has just been such a pleasure. I mean, as Badge said, I got a chance to chat with him and Ryan previously, but to make new friends and talk with you guys, Kieran, Tony, Noel, Anthony, like I, I love what you guys are doing. And it seems like you've got just such a great show going with all these guests. So uh, really proud to be a part of it. 
and uh, I enjoy tuning into you guys. You you do a great job. Thank thanks so much for that, Brendan. It's look, it's all this is for as well. We we want to make sure that this kind of Saturday show is going to be one that like fans can kind of get behind. That it's just like you do yourself, Badge, in terms of your tailgate show. It's just fans just talking about football, not not the kind of very formal interviews and then kind of going off on watching tape. It's more of that reaction of how you feel about the Bears at this moment in time. Noel, again, you have your Twitter handle there, but you also have kind of set up your own kind of YouTube page over the last couple of weeks, which you have a couple of interesting videos up already. So do you want to let people know about that as well? Yeah, it's... it's you know, it's just a small little, <clears throat> sorry, just a small little page here. It's, when I get something into my head, I just say, right, throw the camera on five or six minutes and just ramble. So yeah, you, you'll get me on YouTube at, at the Irish Bears or obviously on Twitter at, at the Irish Bears one. Um, and just to say, obviously, I've been on with yourself and, and Anthony multiple times, but it's great to be on with Brendan Badge and Tony. I mean, just when you get to sit down and just talk bears with guys like this who who you know love it like you. I mean. It says there we've been going two hours, ten minutes, and it feels like half an hour. Like it's just so I appreciate the invite to come on again. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Anthony, it's it's been great being able to kind of set this up. We will be doing more of these in the future. There's a lot of plans for for the upcoming season, but do make sure that you guys check out because there's a lot of interesting stuff coming up. Again, everybody, thanks for joining us today. Everyone, make sure that you do subscribe over to the YouTube page because you're not going to want to miss some of the exciting interviews and shows that we have coming up. There'll be more of this probably in, in two weeks. We will have another Fan Zone show. You'll get to see some of these guys again in the future, I'm sure. Make sure you do follow them. But until next time, thanks for joining us and bear down. <laughs>